Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Today we're going to talk about how to lose belly fat or burn belly fat. We're specifically going to talk about how it's accumulated and then how to lose it or burn it. Spoiler alert, don't get caught in the hype train. Cue the intro. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. When it comes to belly fat, I this one annoys me. This one has me fired up. You upset? Well, it gets me a little bit fired up. We did, a, we did one a while ago on uh, targeted fat burn, right? Yeah. How do you lose this? Yeah, one of these. I just want this to go this away. This section over here. Yeah, it doesn't exactly work that way. As much as we want it to, and there there could be some effects, but they really can't say yes or no. And the fact is, I've really not seen that. Like, oh, I'm gonna just do everything to target your belly, and all of a sudden that melted away, and everything's the same. Other yeah. than that, like, yeah. doesn't. I think we can chalk this one up to the fact that we know that it's not really a thing. And if you didn't know, you know now. But there are some things that, like, especially when we talk about accumulation, we can talk about some stuff. Before we get into that, we should probably say what are the two different types of belly fat, because that's important. Visceral fat and subcutaneous. Yeah, buddy. So visceral and subcutaneous. Basically, if you picture, like, my dad, he had a really pretty good heater going for a while, and it was solid. You'd, like, punch him in the gut, and it would be like, boom. And he's like, whoa. Mm -hmm. That is not subcutaneous. That is visceral. That's fat underneath of your abdominal wall in between your organs and mm -hmm. this is like the very nefarious type this is something you don't want to see very much of mm -hmm. because its impacts on your organs are greater because it's literally sitting beside them yeah subcutaneous a little bit more on the surface area yeah subcutaneous is you like a, just cut the skin like a paper cut and then you can just pull it right out yeah it's the stuff that you would consider being like jiggly type stuff mm -hmm. like that they're two different types of body fat. They're stored differently. They're, they're a little bit different in composition in some ways, but um, we don't need to get into that too heavy. What we want to talk about is there's essentially, how is it that you accumulate belly fat? And is there research behind that? And how is it that you decrease belly fat? And so on the flip side of that, though, we have agreed upon that you cannot spot reduce body fat, but it does look like there are some some methods that it will gain directly on the belly. Cause a lot of people, I think a lot of people complain about belly fat or stubborn belly fat specifically, which is why stubborn. it's a Googled, it's a Googled term that, uh, so like there are things that might or may make you accumulate directly on the, the stomach. Yeah. So qualifying this whole conversation, this is fitness or fiction. What we're trying to do is cut through the hype. Keep in mind, you are victim to the hype. If you have ever searched, how do I get rid of stubborn belly fat? It's like there's no such thing as stubborn fat. Mm -hmm. like if you want to get rid of fat, there, it's an energy balance thing for the most part. And the fact is, if something's stubborn, it's because we are having a hard time with the habits, and the behaviors, and changes that need to take place with that. Yeah. And, and that, that bears mentioning. It does. When we get into actually gaining belly fat, there's a few pretty consistent things that we can find um, correlation with in research, at least. Mm -hmm. Causation is a little more hard, but correlation we can find. And one of them that was actually pretty consistent you could find uh, multiple references for was um, processed carbohydrates, processed sugars, like high fructose corn syrup, really high glycemic index foods, really like simple 
fast carbs and sugars is like one of the you know all your delicious big treats candy chocolate alcohol skittles i love skittles <laughs> you seen the dehydrated skittles you suck all the water out of it so you just get all the sugar and none of the uh, hydration <laughs> it's even better turns you into mr burns overnight <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I'll look for it. I have some. I'll give you some. Yeah. So like in the research, when we look at diet, there's a few things that they talk about pretty consistently and um, it'll come up with those, those quick carbs. Um, they'll talk a lot about trans fats. And then the third thing that they talk about often is low fiber. Mm. And all of those stand to reason for me because like getting real big insulin spikes or really nefarious types of fats into the system should have a a big impact and then general satiety your feeling of fullness is going to have to go down if you have low fiber yeah and if you have lower fiber you're going to have higher insulin activity for the most part so uh, it's one of these things that like okay cool so that that does have some correlation we can move on to the next thing other than diet like that's that's no surprise to anybody like diet matters boom well, big surprise. I've heard a guy recently say, I hate how Western medicine has so many different diagnoses because most of it comes back to five main things. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a savage way of going about it, but it's not necessarily wrong. Yeah. And I think like even the term that you used earlier, when you spoke about energy balance, I think that might trip some people up. Energy balance could be a balance of a couple different things being like how many calories input, output, and then also your activity level input, output big difference between working a construction job or sitting at a desk all day or just sitting in bed all weekend and doing nothing because that's how you like to spend your weekend base metabolic rate accounts for the most calories burnt in a day by far mm-hmm. like 70 percent yeah and your non-exercise activities um non- during the day um those are a lot of those will burn a lot of different calories and the requirement for or the the base level of calories burnt per week for somebody who's trying to lose weight should be about 1200 per week and if you break that down that's really not that much like yeah. it's it's a small amount when you consider what your bmr is per day so yeah diet plays a huge role for calorie intake quality of food alcohol fats yeah well and like behavior outside of that like the next thing that they would say leads to more belly fat is sedentary behavior stress was morally yeah, on yeah. the list so they would say, first they start talking about diet, then they start, talk about sedentary behavior. And sedentary behavior will essentially give you problems with sugar because every time you're stressed, your body is going to release uh, a variety of different hormones that's going to increase your blood sugar. And if you don't actually need to do anything physical, it's going to say, you know what, take all that sugar and just throw it back into fats. Yeah. So like it's going to, it causes a sugar issue again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, getting into sleep, uh, people that don't sleep enough, which is something like 60% of people don't get enough sleep, um, that's actually associated with more belly fat, mm-hmm. which is, it's an interesting correlation for sure. But what I think that comes back to is cortisol. Yeah, it's not actually like resolving it, all, all the buildup. Yeah, like it, cortisol is a hormone that's required and has a lot of good functions. And in some ways it can be in an anabolic hormone for the muscle when you talk about the muscle specifically, but when we're dropping cortisol, cortisol in our system every day, which is a hormone saying, slow the heck down. Um, it can become a problem and too little sleep, too much stress, aggressive dieting. Um, all of those things really lead to that kind of same root cause, which is really increased cortisol. And if it goes far enough, 
then your body is going to be like, well, you're not responding to this. I'm going to release some catecholamines, which yeah. is like the, the stress thing can go into a different, like a vicious cycle as well. Like, well, I only need five hours sleep, but I need three coffees in the morning, energy drink in the afternoon. And then I drink wine to put myself to sleep, which is, uh, an insanely vicious circle to increase belly fat, like ASAP Rocky. Well, yeah. And that's another one on our list is alcohol, like, um, poor sleep, smoking, alcohol, poor diet are like the, the big indicators of like, this isn't anything new though. This is specifically no. though, what we're fired up about, or I'm fired up at least. I speak for everyone in the room. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. It's the belly, the stubborn belly fat hype being like, Oh, how do I just get rid of this belly fat? I've got just got this little bit of belly fat that won't go away. And these are all the causations, but it's just fat overall in general, not specific to your belly. Yeah, well, and e like what we're identifying right now are things that have been correlated with belly fat gain in research. Yes. So it's we're we're kind of trying to we're trying to make a argument for the fact that this is an issue and and you'll see people just just like kind of haphazardly be like half haphazardly being like, "Oh, we're going to get rid of belly fat." And here's how. Watch my TikTok video. Yeah. It's like, "Well, give me like let's actually look at this. Is this hype?" And the answer is yes. Oh, it's so much hype. You guys with their shirts off, those twiddling their abs like, "You want this? You want to shred up for the summer? Do this workout." And it's like 20 crunches and 10 sit-ups and like 15 bicycle crunches and some leg raises and I'm like, "That's not going to shred up anybody. Zero. You'll feel it in that location, but it's not shredding it up." But here's the thing, like buying into the hype is it's, it can be a challenging thing for sure. And it bothers me sometimes because people are misled, but sometimes there's great results from it. Maybe yes. that was the emotional kick in the pants somebody needed to get started and any exercise program would have done, but they consistently did that. And that was the difference. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. It can be the catalyst for change, but like, I don't know if this is a good terminology, but when we were talking on the phone, I was like, man, it's like you're chasing the right animal down the wrong path. Like yeah. you're, you're disillusioned as to what actually made you successful. And then if you continue, like if everyone spreads this disillusionment, then nobody actually has the true answer. And then people are always going to be struggling and we're in this like constant kerfuffle, kerfluffle of hype. A kerfuffle. A kerfluffle. <laughs> yeah. So the, the willful misdirection of people is the thing that bothers me. If somebody gets fired up because they saw that and they started exercising and they had a big change then I'm super happy about it and that's okay. But just because you took an action that didn't have a whole lot of integrity to it and it had a good result, does that make it a good action? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that people need to be more careful with their words. When, they, when they're talking and saying, like, here, here's what this is going to do for you, like, you should take it really serious when you're lying. And, like, here's two exercises to burn belly fat. That's a lie. Yeah. That's oh, actually man. a verifiable it's, lie. It's all over there. Yeah. Well, and even on that, like, I, I've seen a lot of people trying to target people that they want to buy their products lately. And, you know, you have people that aren't parents, don't truly understand uh, what that particular role is like that are targeting these people to purchase their products. And they're like, oh, you know what? You need to fix feeling like this in the morning. It's like, well, oh, man. That's like, a weird thing that, that happened in the industry like recently within the past two years, though. As soon as there was like mentors and fitness coaches, all of a sudden everybody's profile changed to, I help people do this or I help people do that. And then like, it just like spread across and then people are all trying to be unique with their own specific tag. I help busy professionals. I help mom and dads. I help 20 year olds who want to be jacked. Well, everybody wants to niche because that's how they move a product, which is actually a good and noble pursuit. 
um, which is, this is what we're talking about today. People niche belly fat. They do it. And they can yeah. actually be successful in helping people beat that. And you know how they're going to do it with what we're going to talk about next. Like, we've, we've covered poor diet, trans fats, sugars, uh, low, low fiber. We've talked a little bit about alcohol. Again, gets cortisol levels up. It is empty calories and usually followed up with a whole lot of simple sugars, P.S. I, I was just going to say, I think fiber is the uh, harder one for most people. What would you suggest for, like, just a quick solution? Inulin fiber. Yeah, ooh. Inulin fiber can be a very good thing. So it, it ends up having soluble and insoluble fiber. Is this because you think um, like most people can't get it through their diet wholeheartedly? Well, they can. Like where, um, where do people expect to get the like bulk of their fiber? They're just their fruits and vegetables? Well, fruits and veggies, like they don't actually have that much. Like you would have to have something like 20 cups of spinach to hit your daily intake for fiber if you're a man. Yeah. So... Like, I supplement fiber as well. This is why I'm asking you, like, if there's actually, like, more... Yeah, supplementing fiber is a criminal, What a brutal. podcast rookie. Brutal. Um, <laughs> you can supplement it, but you don't have to supplement it. Like, I can... I make overnight oats sometimes, and it's, like, chia seeds and um, flax powder and oatmeal and things like this. And what that does is it just straightens out right away the amount of fiber i need in a day it'll be like 30 grams and some and a lot of it is insoluble fiber like yeah which is the heart healthy stuff or no soluble is the heart healthy stuff and insoluble is like the butt healthy <laughs> digestive healthy sounds better i guess but healthy, oh my but, healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know at the end of the day like fiber is one of those things that like i take four tablespoons of chia seeds four tablespoons of flax is it flax? No, it's not flax. I stopped you doing flax. flax. Oh, hemp hearts. Hemp hearts. Four tablespoons hemp heart, four tablespoons chia, and four tablespoons of gluten-free oats. And then add some peanut butter and jelly to that. And it's like, it's all the fiber I need for the day. Everything else is bonus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's some easy ways to go about it. But if it's hard, a, a tablespoon of inulin fiber with a glass of water, and it will actually help you feel less hungry too. Mm. Especially at night, I recommend it for people after supper so that they don't feel like having snacks before bed. So, but yeah, like we, we did poor diet, we did alcohol, we talked about uh, poor sleep. Smoking is one of them, increases cortisol, causes a, a variety of problems that actually correlate well with gaining belly fat. And then the last one that we didn't really talk about too much is the genetic component. Mm. And I know you love this conversation. Genetics. <laughs> yeah. So this conversation is, is double-edged. So you like have the one side where it's like you give away all responsibility where it's like, well, oh, you're just muscular because of your genetics, which I've seen people that are naturally more muscular for sure. Yeah. Um, or, oh, well, I'm just fat because of genetics. I can't do anything about it. It's like, well, yeah, my brother's genetics are different than mine. He can put on fat way faster than I can, even if I'm trying. Yeah. It's a piece of the pie, but it's a crutch that a lot of people maybe lean on too hard. Well, and the other thing is, you know, I've been exercising consistently since junior high mm. and my brother didn't for 25 years. So like there's going to be differences in our, the way our physiology handles things. So I don't want to give away genetics for everything, but just know that if you're a person that has a harder time um, not gaining fat or something like that, you may have a larger responsibility to look after your own habits and behaviors, but like giving that up and just throwing in the towel, that's not going to be a good thing for you either. Yeah. Like we don't, I don't think that we want to give away excuses like on the other side like oh you're only strong because of your genetics you didn't work for that 
It's like, well, no, but listen, you're at a body comp for you. That's very good. And I want to give you credit for getting there because not everybody uh, holds weight the way that you do. You know, mm. it's your habits and behaviors have unlocked this ability regardless of what's out there. Right. So that's something that I like to say about it, but you know, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot cause you don't want to tell people like, no, you know, like that, that's not a thing because it, it can be totally, it can, but at the same time, you almost don't want to give away that control either because then you don't have any responsibility for it, which is a challenging thing too. Yeah. So, so we're going to get into the loss of belly fat now. Well, the accumulation of belly fat, belly fat, like we can talk really fast about, especially visceral fat. It's linked with increases in colon cancers. It's increases in, of course, obesity, in heart disease, in cardiac events, all cause mortality. Like there's a laundry list that we're not going to go through the whole thing, but carrying more belly fat is not a good thing for your health. And there's this recent thing that's like, well, just because I'm more, I'm heavier than you doesn't mean I'm in, in worse health. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, well, we would need some data on that one. It's like, well, we could do all of, all of the metrics of you versus another person who is at something that would be at a more regular weight, which if you can even identify that, something that they would call a healthy weight is like, well, yo, that's a scary thing to identify. But even, even things like BMI that aren't super accurate, they actually do a decent job when you correlate it with health risks which is why they still use it, PS, especially in non-athletic population. Yeah. So there is some correlates in negative health outcomes based on the amount of fat that you hold. Mm-hmm. So it is something worth talking about. When we talk about how to lose belly fat, this one is going to be a real big surprise. Take that entire list that we just went over, flip it. But the annoying part to me for this conversation is we specifically Googled how to lose belly fat and all the solutions were just essentially generic, you'll lose fat everywhere. Not specific to the belly, but people put belly in their articles because it's going to draw more hype. It's going to draw people in because that's the answer they're looking for. People didn't want to just lose overall fat. They want to lose specifically belly fat. So the article quotes all the ways you would just generically lose fat, like caloric deficit, increase your activities, stop drinking alcohol, like everything that we just said, but it doesn't target the belly fat it's it's that marketing hype that uh well, it's as, not jiving with me as a consumer this is why we talk about this stuff and maybe people don't want to hear it maybe they don't want to learn uh, but those of you that are here probably do and the fact is most of what you're presented online is hype it's a different way of hyping information that we all know to be true because it's not sexy when it's stuff you know to be true it's just not it's like well i need a new life hack oh here's man. a diet hack yeah. There's a hack to like lose your belly fat. Take some apple cider vinegar in the morning and that'll kill your belly fat. Yeah, because it just burns everything away. It just burns it just oh. like a hot fire. Oh, man. I spit hot fire. <laughs> yeah, some of, the, some of the stuff that you see out there, it's so clearly marketing, but it gives you this hope of something you might be able to chase. And it's like, well, if we can look at things, like if we flip that whole thing on its head, there's one thing that we didn't talk about too much with, with the accumulation of belly fat and, and it's bacterial balance. So with low mm. fiber comes a bacterial imbalance that we'll, we'll often see in the gut. Um, and people that take probiotics actually tend to have less inflammation and usually less be- belly fat as well. But you can have overgrowths of certain bacteria that will actually correlate pretty well with 
belly fat. So it's like, yeah, change your diet for sure. It's easy to say, but maybe take a probiotic in the morning. Maybe try that and see how you feel. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's two specific types of, of bacteria. I, I have them written down here. We don't need to get them in, get into those specific. Cause I forget how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just don't even need to get that deep. One of the things to think about is like, am I having enough fiber? And that's going to help my, my gut bacteria. And at the end of the day, should I add a probiotic or maybe have some yogurt or some kombucha or something like that every now and then? Probably. It's yeah. fine. But like decreasing the levels of stress in your life. Um, stress can also come from exercise, P.S., because exercise is a type of stress. stress. So people usually paint it as it's all good stuff. It's like, well, if you're doing really high intensity intervals consistently, this can be a very stressful thing for your body. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that all the time. Yeah. And then if you're stressed from work, stressed from home, you're not sleeping well, you go to the gym and try to murder yourself on a Metcon, and then you feel like shit about it because you didn't do so well. And then you're like, oh man, I'm not where I used to be. And then your mental health goes down even more. You go home, more stress. Yeah. Go home with uh And then you quit depression. the gym because you're like, oh man, like I'm just, yeah. you know, the body's not agreeing with me anymore. Go home with a, a meal full of depression and a side of social anxiety just <laughs> sprinkled in. So, yeah, you know, it's one of these things where like decreasing your your stress, increasing your sleep, um, choosing to have foods that are better carbohydrate content, not just the really processed stuff, more whole foods, higher fiber, less trans fat. Like this stuff all sounds so basic, but actually, actually implementing it is not that easy. Like, for example, Oreos. If you look at Oreos, the filling is made with seed oils and high fructose corn syrup, mm-hmm. like two of the bo- the most obesogenic things on earth. And they're just put together and you're like, man, I want double stuff Oreos. Because it's delicious. Because it is delicious. And I have gluten-free Oreos and I love them. <laughs> they're my favorite. They're so good. But they actually did some studies on that particular thing. And they're like, well, some of the responses that people were getting neurologically were actually heightened over and above cocaine. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm like, whoa, that's that's a pretty heightened response. I think that was the triple stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy that could crush a box of Oreos in one night. Yeah. Man. And then he would hit the Stairmaster for 60 minutes, do like 20,000 steps, and then go do resistance training. Yeah. See, that's a stressor, man. That's a huge stressor. And if you look at like... He's on the Stairmaster. It was worth it, bro. Those yeah. oils were delicious. Well, if you look at cortisol levels on somebody punishing themselves like that, it's hard for me when I see uh, somebody who does shift work, like nursing or something mm, like that. Shift work for and us. And then they feel a certain way about how things are going with like stress at work, lack of sleep, and their body comp. And then you see them come in and just crush themselves to try to get some results. And it's like, you know what you need to do? You'd be more gentle on yourself. Your body's going through a lot. Yeah. And if you did a more gentle protocol, you'd probably have better results. And I've seen it actually work. So ends up being really, really interesting. But big surprise, increase exercise. Um, get more sun is one of them that actually correlates really well with losing belly fat. Because I think if you're outside, you need to not be in a stressed out scenario for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like big surprise. But at the end of the day, when you start talking about cutting through the hype, Part of cutting through the hype is like... Cutting through your belly fat. Oh, man. It ends up being Debbie Downer. Like, wonk, wonk, sorry. Like, you've been misled. You have been misled. Yeah. The top 12 foods to to avoid. Like, when somebody tells me, stay away from this fruit, I'm like, get a hold of yourself. I like it when it's the reverse. Like, you want to lose belly fat? Just start eating raspberries. 
A lot of raspberries. <laughs> raspberries will do it. They're, they're antioxidants. Oh, and uh, they have vitamin K and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then just, everyone just goes on a raspberry hike. Oh, man. How about an exercise one? And like well-balanced. <clears throat> I've seen it. Like I've seen uh, yoga, yogis, yogas, yogas, yoga. Go I've seen flame. yogis with like... I don't know if I really agree with that. I don't know if you agree with it, but they're like, oh, do downward dog for 15 seconds per day. And it has, and they'll list off 10 benefits, like reduce stress, increased flexibility, this, that, this, that, this, like more muscle definition, more muscle tone. And I'm like, 15 seconds a day? Mm, I don't know. That sounds like you're selling me a dream. It's not going to come true. That's, that's some heavy hype, baby. That's a lot of hype. End of the day, inverted. If it's a catalyst to get people to move, yeah, great. I'll take it. I'll if, take if it. you start moving a little bit because of that, and that was just the little, the little seed that was planted, and it blossomed into a tree, and two years later, you're a yoga master, and you're doing yoga all the time because you loved it, great. I, I would think they'd probably need to exercise too. Yoga master. <laughs> but still, like, that's a hype to me. Well, listen, man, like doing, if, somebody, if somebody did 15 seconds of downward dog, what do you think the likelihood is that they're going to be like, hey, I'm done? They'll probably be like, ah, oh, well, I'm down here. I'll do one or two other things. Ah, oh, maybe I'll do three. So that 15 seconds probably turns into a few minutes or more because or they actually set side time aside. Pessimist, and they're going to do 15 seconds a day for three days and be like, this is a waste of time. <laughs> Not do anything. Most people would have unrealistic expectations from that action. To be real, be most people are just probably swiping through anyways. Like, nah. Like, that sounds good. Next. Yeah. So, but anyways, when it comes to belly fat, there are some things that correlate really well with putting belly fat on. When it comes to taking belly fat off, it do the opposite. Big surprise. The big challenge here is going to be able to figure out what is the first step and how can I implement these things one by one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, always uh, approaching it like what's going to be the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah, like I'm not the guy that's going to say never have Skittles again. I had Skittles last night. They're You're going to have Skittles today, bro. Dehydrated Skittles. They're on my mind now. I got to have the dehydrated Skittles and see if what happens to me is like what happened to the guy in Indiana Jones when he drank from the wrong chalice and oh, turned yeah. into dust. Yeah, if you have 10 or more, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, if you've made it this far, I hate to be a Debbie Downer and say like don't buy into the hype. The fact is I do want you hyped up. I want you to be excited about exercise, but I also want you to have something called reasonable expectation and some sort of informed understanding of what you're being sold. Facts. Leave a comment on the YouTube if you agree or disagree with us. And uh, someone mentioned Curtis's biceps, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.